This is an unparalleled, blood-soaked, passionate, fascinating, meticulously researched epic of Texas, which spans thousands of square miles, the lives of hundreds of people, and 176 years. And if that excites you, then I recommend you read it. This is from chapter 13, page 123. Now, if you can listen for a moment, I will tell you something my father once told me. The difference between a brave man and a coward is very simple. It is a problem of love. A coward loves only himself. A coward cares only for his own body, Toshiwe said, and he loves it above all other things. The brave man loves other men first, and himself last. Nakasuaber, I nodded. listening to Anything But Silent, from the British Library. In the last episode, we reached into our communities and celebrated stories of people coming together, from the project lending human books to the neighbors who are bringing libraries to their own doorsteps. To continue the theme of community, joining the library today is writer and occasional filmmaker Damien Lebas. This, he tapped me, must mean nothing to you. Then he tapped me again, on my face, my chest, my belly, my hands and feet. All of this means nothing. Ha, I said. My name's Damien Labar, and I'm a writer... Last year I published my first book, The Stopping Places, A Journey Through Gypsy Britain, which is a a Romany traveller road book with some history and some memoir. I also write poetry, I've written some short films, worked as a journalist. So, I mean, I write different stuff, but it's all made from words. To tie in with the theme of community, I've chosen a book called The Sun, S-O-N, by the American novelist Philip Meyer, and it was published in 2013. The Sun is a multi-generational epic of Texas. It takes place over 176 years through many generations of a cattle and oil family called the McCullers but also it takes in people from many different families and cultures. But the heart of the book, I mean, there are are kind of three protagonists. It's mostly written from the perspectives of of three members of the McCullough family. But I think really the fire of the book comes from Eli McCullough, who is the legendary sort of progenitor of this dynasty of, of Texan ranchers. And his family home was raided by Comanche when he was 13 years old and he was taken captive and raised among them as 
occurred not infrequently in history. Um, they'd actually murdered his mother and sister and, and brother. They saw the strength in him and so he, he became an adopted member of the tribe, adopted by the, the chief of this particular band of, of Comanche, whose name is Toshaway. Um, so he's, he's kind of one of the main driving forces behind the book. It seems to contain everything that there is in the human experience, from the beauty of nature, animals, family, to the horror of torture, of brutal raiding, mutilation, dismemberment, but also courage, loyalty. Paints all this on a tapestry so large that some reviewers called it almost hallucinogenic, and I think that's kind of fair enough. It's sort of so real it becomes unreal, but there's nothing like it really. It's a, it's a long book and I'm a slow reader, but I read this one really fast because it, it achieved that rare thing of being, I think, a genuine literary masterpiece, but also perfect entertainment. I, I, I sound like someone from the old world rhapsodizing about a new world that I've never seen. And to an extent, that's probably what I am doing, but I can't help it. And this book's partly to blame for that. Having said that, I think I did see some things in the book that reminded me of, of things I'd noticed in the community that I grew up in as a kid, just slight resemblances. Interestingly, uh, a relative of mine who's getting on now, but he said that when our family first came to, to the place where most of them now live, it was like a Comanche raid, and he was joking. But what he was describing was, I mean, hidden within the joke, there was a truth, and that was that their appearance as gypsies travelling still at that time with, with wagons and flat carts and tents and stuff, uh, turning up in a town in the 1940s and 50s uh, as a kind of, like an apparition of a bygone age in a way, they would have seemed very strange. And their outlook on life, their philosophy was often at odds with that of the people around them. So if you take, for instance, the, the honour code of, of fighting in gypsy culture, it's not dishonourable to lose a fight, it's dishonourable to refuse to take part in one. So you'll often find, if, if you talk to travellers, gypsy people, um, they'll have stories of, of their parents frog-marching them in the morning to have a fight with someone that they'd had an argument with because it would be a disgrace not to turn up, even if you're going to lose. And... Some of the atmosphere around bravery, and it's, it's, not, it's not pragmatic, it's something else. It's a kind of, it's a philosophy of, of courage. And there were some, some echoes of that in there. I'm not trying to say that, that it closely resembles the world I grew up in, but perhaps there was enough of an echo to, for me to feel enough of an affinity with that aspect of it, uh, that, that the book meant more to me in a way than if it had just been a really good book. But weirdly, I often find that I'm, I'm drawn to books about American cultures as reference points for thinking about gypsy culture in Britain because it hasn't really been written about that much and much of what's been written about it perhaps isn't that amazing. And, but I'd see that, that toughness of outdoorsy folk reflected in, in some American writing. In spite of that, in spite of these um, kind of rifts and frictions that are in the book, the sense of community is constant and it's, it's, it just has huge force, almost like a, a sort of throbbing force around community, but in ways that are 
perhaps not what we'd initially think of when we think of the word community. So, I mean, what does it mean in, in the context of this book to be part of the Comanche community, if you like? Well, in the case of, of Eli McCullough, it means being uh, adopted by the people who murdered your mother and sister in front of you, and yet still becoming fully absorbed into that culture. And that's not a... Uh, that's not over-dramatising the situation. This was the kind of thing that happened in the past and often people would be absorbed into the Comanche and then would, would have no desire to return to, to the culture that they'd been born into afterwards. So that, I, I don't know, those, those porous boundaries but also the, the mixture of brutality but also kind of adoption. I mean, it's not what you expect to find uh, in any book really I think where the word community is used in the book so community's everywhere but the word isn't everywhere if you know what I mean it's used to describe a private community for the super rich in heaven the community of supporters of mob justice people who are basically out to to, to murder another family to obtain their land um, and the community of, of the ludicrously rich oil barons of Texas so those are all kind of you know Slightly, I feel like the author is is playing with the word community, making us think about its sinister sides, perhaps. So I'm thinking about this in terms of, well, who are the people that I grew up with? Who were their progenitors? You know, who were their ancestors? If if I grew up with people who were impossibly larger than life to me because of their skills with the land, their toughness, often, to be honest, their, their, their fighting ability. Um, as a small and embattled population of nomadic people in a modern Western nation, you've got to be tough, often, because the authorities are, are set against you, and, and sometimes local people are as well. So there was that, but then I thought, well, how about the people they looked up to? You know, because that's the kind of layering that happens in this book as it does in a lot of genuine mythology. You get people harking back through through layers of history back to an era which becomes semi-mythologised. There's a kind of vanishing point of history in a lot of ancient texts. Um, and in a more recent way, that's kind of what's at play here. So the people that I grew up with look back to people who had skills that were beyond their reckoning, whether that was in terms of something like, like navigation, using the elements the stars but also simple crafts which had a miraculous tone to them there were people in my family I'm told who could weave buckets from reeds that could hold water the idea that you could weave a plant in such a way that it would actually that you could carry water with it there's a kind of a, there's a gentle skill there there's a sinuousness to the image and the act which I think is, is mysterious and quite wonderful um, so this book The Sun Although it's, it's set thousands of miles away from, from my own home environment and I've never been to the United States, perhaps I will one day, um, but it inspired me to, to look afresh at, at things that are closer to home. I don't know, it's interesting when something which isn't of your kind of realm of experience causes you to look at your own domain differently and, and inspires you. And that book has done this for me and I think it'll continue to do that.
<laughs> I'd pass this book on to anyone, but I like the idea of telling a child, which I do not yet have, <laughs> about it one day, perhaps even reading some of it to them. But um, I think it's something that I could, I could press into the hand of almost anyone and say, look, you won't regret the time you spend reading this book. So I'd pick someone in the future, and that would be perhaps a descendant of mine if I end up having him. Thanks to Damien Lebas, who picked out the 2013 book, The Sun, by Philip Meyer. We'd love to hear about the writing that made you. Perhaps there's a library book you loved so much you struggled to take it back. Get in touch at British Library on social media and use the hashtag AnythingButSilent. AnythingButSilent is a Pixie U production for the British Library. We'll be back in two weeks' time for our next main episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>